to the Pearls and Proverbs podcast. This week, as I promised, we've got a very, very exciting guest. So without any further ado, I would like to introduce my co-host this week, Alec, my little brother. Hello, thank you for having me this week on the podcast. Uh, I'm Alec, and I graduated high school not but about four months ago. Uh, I'm currently at WT right now, studying for my civil engineering degree. So that's how my life's going at the moment. (laughs) Yeah, it's been kind of fun having you up here. He is six years younger than me, but I'd say we get along pretty good. I we've hung out more in the last couple weeks because I guess I've been bored and he's been bored. So we decided we'd cook up a podcast this week. So I hope you guys enjoy. (laughs) Um, we wanted to tackle this topic. It's pretty relevant and not talked about just a ton. At least I don't hear it talked about a ton, but we want to address what is talked about in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 1. In Proverbs 22, verse 1 says, A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, and favor is better than silver or gold. So we wanted to talk a little bit about this idea of a good name or a good reputation. And I wanted to address this mainly because there's a saying out here that people talk about, especially in regards to church aspects, and they say, you can't judge me, only God can judge me. Or this idea, well, it doesn't matter what others think of you. And while it's true that only God can, you know, he's the final judge and has say in that, the unfortunate reality of our society is that people make and pass judgments on the actions that they witness all the time. I mean, would you agree with that? Yes, I'd agree with that wholeheartedly. And it's just, as a Christian, when we put on that name of Christ, we are taking on a responsibility, whether we want to or not, of acting in such a way that reflects him. And unfortunately, when we act in a way, when we act poorly and we live a double life where we act one way at church on Sunday and then another way every other time of the week, that can reflect so poorly on not only the church we attend, but also Christianity as a whole. And sometimes I think we don't understand I mean, you just got to college. How often do you think about your actions affecting Christ? I think about how my actions affect Christ a lot, actually, because college is a melting pot of just a lot of beliefs. And so I've found myself having to state what I believe in a lot more than I really thought I would have. I kind of thought I could hide in the background and just kind of blend in, but no, I'm kind of having to differentiate what I believe in. That's a really good point. I didn't think about it like that. So college is such a unique time because you're kind of, like you said, it's this melting pot of all these different ideas. And when people ask you what you believe and you tell them, oh, I'm a Christian, I believe X, Y, Z about Christ and whatnot. Well, then once those group of people know that about you, you have a responsibility to act in a way that reflects positive, reflects all of that positively. Um, which means, I mean, we're called to be a peculiar, a peculiar people, so there's got to be something different about you. 
What would you say is probably one of the hardest challenges you've faced when addressing this issue or trying to, I guess, walk the walk in college? I mean, I know you haven't been here long, but... Uh, Probably one of the most things that I, guess, struggle with is respecting other people's beliefs. That's No, that... Go ahead. Yeah. Is respecting other people. What I mean by that is you need to keep an open mind. We need to listen to other people and keep that open mind. Instead of just waiting for us to get a punch in, so to say, we really need to listen to them. And I think I find myself struggling with that a lot just because we've kind of been taught our view. This is the time in my life when my view is not getting challenged, but it's putting it through some obstacles. And it's my job to listen for once instead of just hearing my own Hearing your own thoughts. Yeah, hear my own thoughts. Or waiting to, I guess, hearing people out just so you can cram your thoughts down their throat, essentially. Yeah, yeah we no, can't do that. And... Uh, oh, yeah. No one responds well to that. In PT school, they teach us nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. Listening will get you really far. When people see that you're listening, they will in turn actually listen back. And it's interesting to see. Well, and that's a beautiful thing about having the truth and our faith. We're encouraged to listen and take what we hear and test it against the Bible. And when you have the truth and you have a a firm foundation, listening to others with an open mind where you can, they can tell they're engaged, that you're engaged. It's not going to be detrimental to your faith. In fact, it's going to be faith building and you're not listening so that you can prove them wrong or shove it in their face but you're listening because Christ listened to others and then he taught from the truth in this meek and and humble manner and I think that's a really good point you bring up is we've really got to care about people if we're going to be disciples if we're going to be these um spreaders of God's word we have to care about these people first there's a reason the greatest command in the Bible is to first love God and then after, right after that is to love our fellow man. Christianity is a religion of love and I don't think we can lose that. Yeah, and I think there's something else we need to do when we're listening to other people and that is along the lines we need to challenge ourselves. And one way we can challenge ourselves is listening to what other people have to say. Yeah, I think that's a very... Very valid point. So, kind of getting back to that original topic of why our actions matter. No one's going to be willing to talk to you about God, especially you on a college campus. WT is a very small campus, so pretty much everyone knows everyone or of everyone for the most part. And if you claim to be a Christian, but you go out and you act in an unchristian-like manner... That's going to do more harm than I think people realize. Um, You talked about people asking you about your beliefs and challenging your beliefs. And that's that's very true because when you don't, as as time goes on, if when you don't act in a way that isn't according to God's will and you people ask you about these beliefs and you say, oh, I'm a Christian, they're going to say, but wait, doesn't your Bible tell you you shouldn't be doing this and this? Well, how come I saw you doing this and this last weekend? And then it discredits you 
and it discredits the religious organization that you're a part of and it's just not helpful at all and it can be very very detrimental unfortunately we don't live inside a bubble our actions affect other people our actions affect the church and you know there's that saying that says we are or i think it's a song actually it's we're the world's bible bible if our hands are god's hands and our mouth is god's mouth well, what are our hands doing? What is our mouth doing? What message are we sending others about Christ with our actions? I've seen a lot, especially in high school, where you people that claim to be Christians then don't live Christian examples. And then the people will confront me about it in school, or they used to, and they used to say, well, don't y'all believe in this? Well, I just saw this person doing something that like contradicts the Bible. Uh, well, is that kind of how all of you are? Is that, are y'all all kind of hypocritical? And that can be really detrimental to the church. Just one person can make a huge impact and that can be for good or for bad. That is so true. Um, I actually, one time in high school, I invited this person to church and they looked at me and they said, why would I go to church with you? Because I know so-and-so spoke last Sunday night, and they were out with me drinking and cursing and taking the Lord's name in vain, and a laundry list of other things that this person deemed as non-Christian-like behavior, and he was right, and this person didn't even realize the way his actions had impacted the church and this other Christian or this other person who didn't go to church's view of the church. And so while no, we will never be perfect, but it's so, so important to understand that we have this massive responsibility to, to the church and to Christ to walk the walk, to have this good name. And I think where this really becomes an issue is it start, It all starts in the heart. When we are just going through the motions, and we've talked about this ad nauseum on the podcast about just going through the motions and not having our hearts in it, that's when our actions on Sunday will conflict with our actions during the rest of the week. When we proclaim to be a Christian, we go to church just to go to church, or we you know, say we're a Christian, but our heart is not with Christ that is when our actions start to not follow, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But that also reminds me of a verse in verses in Matthew uh, 23, verses 27 and 28. And I'm going to read that right now. It says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but are within full of dead people's bones and uncleanliness. So you also outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Well, I think that's a very, very good comparison because what did the Pharisees do? They claim to be, and we again, we talk about the Pharisees a lot on this podcast, but it's because it's so applicable. They claim to be these religious leaders, these people of God, but then when God's son came and looked them in the face, they couldn't recognize him. Because their hearts were nowhere near him. And I think that happens to us as Christians so much easier than we even realize. Where we go to church and we claim to be one thing, but we're so far from it. 
I, I've been there. I know I've been there where my actions have not reflected what I claim to believe. My actions have put Christ in my church to shame. And I mean, shame on me for that. And that's something I've got to consciously do better about. I think you're talking about how you talk a lot about the Pharisees. I think it's because we're really, really close to them. Because I mean, to some people and just in everyday life, we are religious examples. We're put on this, not a pedestal, but we're put on something where we are to be watched. Much like they were. Oh, they yeah. were they were they drew attention, much like kinda we do, because we're a little different. Oh yeah, and when you claim to be a Christian, people watch your actions more than I think we realize. Mm-hmm. That's very true. That's kinda kinda sticking with our theme of the two personalities, so to say, like the person you talked about, he had two personalities. He had his high school personality and then he had his Sunday best personality. And are we like like the Pharisees, are we like them where on Sundays we throw on that personality of, oh, I'm this great person, look at me. And are we that or are then we just shed that skin or those clothes and go back to our, as they say, like pig to the mud? Are we like that? We need to constantly be striving to be that Sunday best throughout the week. And I think that's such a good point because we mentioned all that comes from being a heart issue and I think it really exemplifies that lukewarm Christian where you're trying to live one foot in one foot out you you want the benefits that do come with living a godly life you want that you want a home in heaven you want the church family all the wonderful wonderful things that God has to offer but sin is fun Sin is really fun. And Satan does a really good job of dressing that sin up and making it look like it's just, it's beautiful and entertaining and enticing and sparkly. And, but the reality is God says in the Bible, you can't serve two masters. You can't serve God and man. And so there's consequences for living with a toe in each world. And unfortunately, those consequences do not just affect you, but it reflects poorly on Christianity as a whole. And I think understanding that concept, especially for me, it made me just realize the gravity of my actions where once I understood, oh, hey, when I do this, this isn't just, whoops, I slipped up, God will forgive me. It's I slipped up and people know about it. And now people, like, what does that say about the church? Yeah, I think, going back to kind of your lukewarmness, the devil makes lukewarmness really comfortable. Mm -hmm. Often we like to think that the devil is just going to get you to go to the exact opposite of the spectrum. And that's not true. And I don't think it's like, sometimes it's not even just a slow decay. Sometimes he, he gets you in the mindset, or you get yourself in the mindset because you kind of relax, of that lukewarm. You sit just in the middle and it becomes enticing and comfortable where you don't want to leave. And that's what's really dangerous is because I think we convince ourselves that lukewarm is the best we can do. Yeah. And the Bible's pretty clear about the lukewarm Christian. God says he'll spew them out of his mouth. And the best example I have of spewing is I was at my grandmother's house one time and She was famous for always cooking biscuits and all kinds of 
different baked goods and she would make her famous biscuits with buttermilk. And she also made chocolate chip cookies. And one day she made chocolate chip cookies and I was like, man, you know what would go great with this? A glass of milk. So I poured myself a glass of what I thought was regular milk and took a big swig and it was buttermilk. And I don't know if you've ever tasted buttermilk in comparison or thinking it was regular milk, but that is a shock to the system. And let me tell you, I ran to the sink and got that out as quickly as I could. I rinsed my mouth out with water. It was just disgusting to me. And this lukewarm Christian, or for our purposes, this Christian that claims to be a Christian, but their actions don't reflect it any day other than Sunday, that's disgusting to God. That's as disgusting to God as that buttermilk was. And he's going to do exactly, he's going to spit it out. And so sometimes we think lukewarm is okay because we feel like we're still technically doing all the right things. And so it's okay that we're not hot because we're not cold, right? We're just, we're lukewarm. But that's disgusting to God. I think something else would kind of reiterate why it's disgusting to God is how many times have you had a friend that when he's around you, you're the best person ever. You're the, I mean... They really look up to you, and then you get to hear how they're talking behind your back, or not even behind your back, but it's nearly like you don't exist behind them, and then they're talking just not horrible about you, but they're not talking great about you. They don't defend you. Yeah, they become that fake friend, and how many times do we always complain about, oh, we have fake friends, we have this, we always complain about that, but when we become lukewarm, how is that any different to how we are to God? We claim that he's the say-all, be-all, and that he's this great person, and that we we really, and we should. Yeah, mistake there. Um, Yeah, my bad. a deity, not a person. No, that's a good... Analogies get mixed up sometimes, but... um, (laughs) Like, we're supposed to be worshiping him, and we should, and put him above all else, but then we treat him like our friend that we don't want to hang out with. We just kind of neglect him and only come to him in the times that we need him. And we would often really, really hate a friend like that. Well, and the reason we are commanded to be a peculiar people, to live our lives in the way that God calls us to live, is because we're to be the light, we're to be the salt. People should see that there's something different about us. And if there's nothing different about you than the rest of the world, you're not going to stand out. No one's going to ask questions if you're doing what everybody else is doing and you're just going along with it and why should they come worship with you why should they worship god like you do when you're no different than anybody else yeah when you're treating god like the second rate friend that you only come to when you need something is that really the example you want to be setting to people that on the weekdays you're the one who's just partying it up doing everything wrong and then you crawl to God, just just kind of settle your own conscience, not really wanting true change. When they see that, they're just going, well, you're you're not treating him like God. You're treating him like an abused, like abused friend. You're abusing him. Yeah, that's a good point. So you kind of mentioned like living a double life where you're one person on Sunday and another person the rest of the week. And I want to specifically address that Christian because I've been that Christian and I know what it feels like. And sometimes it almost feels like you're looking through a glass on Sunday. Like you see the Christian you want to be, 
but you're just not sure how to get there. You want to be that light. You want to be that salt, but you don't know how to get there. So, Alex, since I brought you on, I was going to ask, what are some advice or tips or things you've used in your life to, I guess, either transition from being either lukewarm or just be more on fire and be who you should be and build that reputation in the community? Well, to me, is it kind of all starts from the beginning, is when you are introducing yourself, kind of, I guess, not set a trap for yourself, but make sure you make it as hard as possible to try and be lukewarm. When you come into a, a situation, be like, hey, I am a Christian. That may be a vague term, but it sets kind of a standard for you that you're different from people. When you set your own standards, when you become not really accountable to just yourself, but you just became accountable to everybody that you just introduced yourself to. And when you also constantly keep a mindset of, hey, I want to be different in a good way, that's that's really important. And it kind of shows them that, I guess, your resolve, it, it can be a good example to people. So what about, that's a really good point kind of for you who's making this fresh start in college. That's such an awesome way to keep yourself accountable is making sure that others know. The first thing they know about you is that you're a Christian. Almost as soon as you can get your name out of your mouth, you're letting people know you're a Christian as almost like an accountability system. That's very, very smart. My next question is what if you're someone who fast forward and say you're three years deep in college and you've been living in a way a Christian shouldn't live and now you want to change, you want to be this good person and you have made these changes, you are this good person now, you're on fire for Christ. What do you do when those people come to you and say, oh what, you're giving lessons at church now? I know six months ago you were doing X, Y, and Z and now you're all holy and whatnot. What's your response to that? Or I, how, how can somebody respond to that? Well, you can first kind of start off with saying, it's not, I'm not who I was. I wanted and I am making changes in my life. And people change. And we kind of hear that a lot in our society. People change and you can be that example later on. You are the person that changed. And when you can kind of keep Maybe not the now in mind, but you can be the prodigal son of your story. You keep this in your mind that, hey, I know it's a rough start right now and that I know I have stuff from my past kind of haunting me. If you keep that, hey, I can become a great example, not put, not being arrogant, but knowing that this is a learning experience, it can really benefit you. Well, you mentioned saying, you know, I've changed well, what changed you? I mean, what, what evoked that change in your life? Well, it would have been, it's Christ. Exactly. When exactly. we're kind of held accountable to something, there's something I like to not preface off, but something that I think is fundamental for all Christians is that we aren't accountable to man. When I mean man, that's just the gross simplification of humanity. We're not accountable to humanity. We separate ourselves and are accountable to something much greater than what we are. We have a standard that we can't meet, but we are always trying to. And when you have this, when you have God as an example to look up to, you looking up to perfection, 
and your standard isn't the low bars of humanity, it ultimately shows to other people. Well, and I think you mentioned God is our standard. That's the whole point of trying to have a good reputation. It's not having a good reputation for my glory. It's not, oh, I'm a good person. Everybody look at me. The whole point of our action should be we're trying to point to Christ. We're not trying to bring glory to ourselves. We're not trying to bring attention to ourselves. We're not living in a way so people say, oh, she's such a great person. We're living in a way that we can tell others and show others, look what God can do in my life. And if he can do this to me, imagine what he can do to you. I was this creature full of sin. Because no matter who we are, we have sin in our life. And that sin separates us from God. And the point of being a Christian is that we no longer have to live in that separation. I've always loved in Galatians chapter 4, verse... Um, four through seven. And it says, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons of God, and because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, an heir through God. So that word Abba Father, when it talks about Abba Father, that was what literal sons and daughters, how they would refer to their parental father. I mean, their true father. And that's what it's saying here. Because of Christ's sacrifice, when we are these Christians and we have become these Christians, these servants of God, he is our father, our our true father and that should change our behavior being the sons and daughters of god there's got to be something different about you and that's the whole point of this that's the whole point of what he said in proverbs 1 of why we should have a good name and a good reputation because if we are going to claim that reward claim this to be the children of god we've got to glorify our father we've got to represent our father well i mean i know as a kid one of the most disappointing or one of the most difficult things to me was not when my parents yelled at me or when they were mad at me but it was when they looked at me and said you know i'm really disappointed in you that's what hurt more than anything and when we, when our actions disappoint God, that should cut us so much more deeper than when we disappoint our, our earthly parents. Disappointing our heavenly father should cut us to the core and should motivate better action from us, should motivate us to live in an on-fire way, in a way that people see, okay, something is different, what is different? And what's different is that we are the children of God, not for our own glory, not to bring glory to our good works, but doing things solely for the purpose of glorifying our Heavenly Father. I'd agree with that. Um, Yeah, I'd say like when you do kind of like feel 
disappointment in yourself. You know it's just to you. But then when you've let someone else down, that's something that's even worse. And I I mean, I can agree with you on that, especially when talking about dad punishing us. <laughs> I think maybe not for a guy, but you're kind of not held to another standard. But you know that... I don't know. As the oldest, I felt like I was held to a pretty high standard. I would but agree with the, that. I, but you're we, the only boy, so I don't know. That's true. You're the oldest, and I'm the youngest and a boy, so I think we kind of like even out there. <laughs> yeah. I think it's like an level playing field, so I think I know <laughs> your pain all too well. So. Yeah. Well, Alec, thank you for coming on the yeah. show. I really appreciate it. This was fun. It was a very different dynamic than when Deidre is on here, but... I would imagine. It's, it's different... Both are different in good ways. So, this was fun. Um, we always like to end with a question and a challenge. And since you're a guest, I like to offer you the opportunity to pose the question and the challenge. So, if you're ready. Well, I think the challenge is if you do think you have two personalities, and if you don't think you have two personalities that you balance in your life, I think you should look at the overview of your personalities. How do you introduce yourself to new people and how are you introducing yourself to your two friend groups if you've got two friend groups, which usually if you're going to school or even have a job, you know there's two different friend groups and the way you act. And I know there's kind of like a separate, you can change like your personality. the people you go to church with and the people you work with or the people you go to church with yes. and the people you go to school with. And I, Yeah, and I think like our personalities can differ just a bit worldly-wise. Godly-wise, are your personalities the same? And your actions. Yeah, are your actions both showing that I am a messenger of Christ? Like, are you showing that? Or are you dropping the ball? Are they looking at you to disprove your religion or your belief? So, essentially, what you're saying is... um, Look at your life, evaluate things, and... See if you're, like we talked about, living that double life where you're one mm-hmm. person on Sunday and then one person the rest of the week. Yeah. And now That's I a think... a good challenge. Yeah. And especially now the question is how can we be that on-fire Christian to God? How can we be a light to the world? And that's the question I'd like to leave everybody off with today. Okay. Very, very good. I know this is something I will be reevaluating in myself. Alec, thank you again for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And everybody else, thank you for listening to another episode. If you liked what you heard, go ahead and give us a rating or review. Again, that just helps us be more visible. Um, If you have any questions ever, I love questions. I get questions from time to time. If I start getting enough, I'll probably start, me and my co-host will probably start answering them on the show. So if you have questions you want answered either on the show or privately let me know you can dm us on instagram or facebook we're at pearls and proverbs podcast on instagram and then facebook it's just pearls and proverbs podcast and if i know your answer i'll try to get you your answer backed up by some scripture obviously if i don't i'll find somebody smarter than me and hopefully we can get your question answered but thank you for listening to another episode and we'll see you guys next week